cliffcentral.com. Hi, I'm Pumima Shekho and you're tuned in to Womanda. And it's, you know, that week when everybody's doing cute ads about their mothers, when everybody's trying to sell you flowers to give to your mother, when you are forced to assess, how good of a mother are you? Are you going to get a good breakfast in bed or a good... um gift or do you really suck and your kids aren't going to do anything for you but I thought we're going to take a little bit of a spin for it on it because thinking about it for myself one of the things that made me appreciate my mother the most was actually becoming a mother and suddenly having to do all the things that I used to look at her and go Mara really lo mama um, and wonder what Two of the most awesome mothers that I know, the most fantastic Instagram mothers, Facebook mothers, doing stuff with their kids, matchy-matchy. And I've called my friends to come and have this conversation with me about, you know, has becoming a mother actually made them better daughters? And I hope that this sparks some thought about your mother for you and definitely a smile in your mind so that on Sunday you pick up the phone on Mother's Day or Every day, if you can, at least once a week, you know, not just on Mother's Day to say, hey, mom, I love you. And my friend, first up, my friend Dumi, who is a mother to a three-year-old, very gorgeous girl, uh, followed by my friend Mbali, who is a mother to three gorgeous kids, two girls and one boy. And we're chatting about, you know, has becoming a mother made you a better daughter? I was wondering if... You know, because Roman New Year reflects us all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heading out to Mother's yeah. Day. And I was wondering if being a mother has made me a better person or it's made me a more shouty person. Okay. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's I'm checking myself. Yeah. The, so, that's how you were the person that in the middle of the night on Saturday, I thought, no ways. I must call to me. Because to me, so it's like three this year, right? Yeah, yeah. And. Watching you on Facebook <laughs> and watching her yeah. becoming a person because yes. now she's that toddler, she's running, yes. she's talking, she, you know. Yeah. And I thought, I've never actually seen anybody so excited to be a mother. Yeah. Matchy, matchy with the daughter. Yeah. And so I wanted to know if you think becoming a mother has made you a better person. Okay. So do you want me to answer now? <laughs> or you can just think about it and then we'll go home and come. No, of course. <laughs> you know what? I don't think it's made me a better person. I think it's made me, um, it's made me a clearer person. Um, so, so I think, I think I've become the person I was always meant to become. I've, I've become more of myself. And the reason is just that, like, you know, your child's a mirror of you. So when you're not living your truth, um, they reflect that. Um, and there are aspects of, of myself that I thought I had to stow away. And I, and I thought they were postponed for like a very idealized time in my life. Um, okay. So and, speak, and it's, yeah. And it's not, there's nothing, there's nothing ideal about, you know, a, about the process, about where we are, but there's certainly a lot, you know, of substance to to it. Okay, so it. the ideal is, I think, the perfect word. Yeah. Because for 
almost as long as I've known you. And she's to me, I don't even want to think how long I've known you. <laughs> For as long as I've known you, I, I was clear that this is possibly the mother you're going to be. But I thought you were going to be a mother to a boy because you are a self-confessed daddy's girl. And, you know, yeah, it's it's so crazy. I was thinking about that. It, because you are asking the question, it makes me, it, I feel sensitive. I feel more vulnerable because you know my story. I think that um, I, I never had a, a picture in my mind of what I'm going to have, a boy or a girl. There was no space to think about that. Uh, so let's talk about the, first of all, let's talk about the idealized uh, version. Um, I think for many, for many women, there's a particular age. Where You're allowed to say black women. No, 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 no. In fact, I don't think it's got a race filter at all. I think, I think it has much more to do with our biological clock. It's got much more to do with uh, our, our life's ambitions. Um and then it's also got a lot more to do with the audacity to live up to those ambitions. So for me, um, you know, I think there's an idealized way or an idealized time where you think you're going to meet the right partner, you're going to get married, you're going to have a nice house, you're going to have everything right, and then you're going to qualify. As life would have it, you know, none of those things are in place. And certainly not in my situation, you know. Um, so then it was real. Like there was no time to think about, like, do I want a boy or a girl? Like, yeah, like, dude, it's happening. Okay. Oh, it's happening. What does it mean? And thank God, I think at that particular life stage and age, I at least had the maturity to process what was happening because because I think many other times when people are younger, they don't have the, the emotional and intellectual capacity to process what is happening. Um, and it's probably as well where my, my professional discipline um, kicks in. I will do, you know, reams and reams of research about stuff. I love information. So, so I automatically kicked into that and I kicked into what I consider survival mode. Um, and then, and then there's this being in your body that's in control. That that's the truth. They're in control, and your I I thought okay. So the first um, lesson of mothering in, at a physiological uh, level was the surrender to the actual process. So the physiological process of pregnancy. You, once it's happening, you are not fighting it. You are not the wall. Like how in charge, like nap time at two o'clock is nap time at two o'clock. Nobody curls where you are. I remember having to, I had a, a lunchtime appointment at two o'clock. I was, I was at Melrose in the middle of a parking lot, uh, waiting to go have a late lunch with my cousin. And all I wanted at the time was to nap. I had never experienced that in my life. I'd never experienced that like deep desire to nap. I just locked myself in the car and went to sleep. And I woke up an hour later and I excused myself. Um, but that's it. That's all I wanted. You know, it, it wasn't fancy. It wasn't like gorgeous and cute. And it wasn't the stuff I'd seen on TV. 
But it was mine, yo. And that lack of control. That, that, yeah. Because you're also in, in that age where at the two, three, four, five. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stop soon. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Age range where this human being has no sense of any other person's like life. When yeah, the entire yeah. world is their world. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Everybody is an extension of their world, right? Which is why we think it's terrible too. But it's actually just learning boundaries and learning how far you can test stuff. And now you, this person, ne? yeah, who's a whole person on her own, yeah, in control of you and your life and your emotions. Yeah, how how is that control freak in you? Dealing with that, um, you know, that, that's very interesting. It's almost like the the chronology of the the loss of control I see quite differently. So the first exercise, the first lesson was about surrender and surrender to the process. Um, and with that comes like a trust that like it's like it's going to work itself out. Um, so just in that physiological chapter you're just learning like about what you can or cannot eat when you can or cannot sleep and then somewhere along the line you start to merge it with some level of like oh i remember this then suddenly you gain the remote control slightly okay um and then for me um like that the early stages the the infant infancy the absence of control was slightly different um, health-wise, I I personally had never had the best health profile, so I was on standby for the worst. I was expecting the worst, and it didn't arrive. I didn't have. I was very fortunate. I'd been a very sickly baby. I didn't have a sickly baby. I have an incredibly uh, resilient, uh, strong human being who is very, very different from what I've been told I was. Um, so, yes, she's in charge, but, oh, my gosh, is she amazing to me, like in how she exercises her uh, quote-unquote power. Um, then a terrible twos. Ooh, I remember a particular point, sorry, where I felt like, you, what is happening? <laughs> um, early, early stages... I remember massive crying that particular day and a friend of mine um, came through to my place to comfort the both of us. I know now that she had come to comfort the both of us. And as soon as she took her out of my hands and held her, Tika stopped crying. And I just got a reprieve. And what I remember about that was, oh, the other lack of control um, that you can make up for is your emotions. So right then, I remember my friend saying it to me, I'll say her name, Mpel. Mpel said to me, she made a point that day about like just exercising a little bit more, how can I say, openness with my emotional reflexes. Um, and for like... It wasn't long. For a few minutes, she took over, and it just completely just gave me a window. Uh, it happened a few times, but th that was quite important. Um, so how does that experience of raw 
motherhood, mm-hmm. as it were. Mm-hmm. How has that changed, if in any way, your perspective of your mother? Um, it it has changed it in big and small ways. In in that, the big way is a quality of conversations that uh, that my mom and I had to have very early again. Uh, so I was a daddy's girl. How you become a daddy's girl often is that like there is something, there's a level of connection you don't have with the one parent that you have with the other. Mine was with my male parent. Um, and it gave her, I think at the time, it gave my mom the gap to be a consummate uh, professional. That's, you know, that when I describe my mom, I often refer to my mom as a suit mom. Um, not that she was climbing the corporate ladder, but I've never met anyone to this day who works harder than, than her ever. And she loves it. That's a very important thing to remember. But there were expectations I had of her that she wasn't like ready or willing to fulfill that I thought were inherent in like, like what? In like moms. Um, so, so my mom loved the idea of providing and like supporting in that way. But she just said to me outright in the beginning, she said, listen, I'm too scared to hold your, your baby. I'm too scared to hold an infant because it always feels like I'm going to break her. And, uh, she said with me, I had like, I had lots and lots of like, Grandmothers and Burakhadi and Bumangwani to help me with those things. Um, so I didn't have to do it um, the way that you are choosing to do. And she said to me, I'm learning from you the way that you are mothering. So we had a very remote relationship. I learned to accept that it's, a, it's also an option for a woman to be remote. Like it is an option because she hasn't stopped being my mom. She, she's no less... My mom. And the fact that, like, she told me the truth. She told me her truth. Now I respect that. I respect women's truths. Women want different things. Um, and, it, and it plays into my mothering um, exercise. A lot of the EQ that plays out between my daughter and I, I actually inherited a lot more from my father. Um, a lot of the pragmatic stuff uh, implemented. I really inherited from my mother. My mom just gets things done. So what's your just get things done mothering style? Uh, I've been very, very fortunate. Um, I've always had incredible help. Um, And when I say incredible help, I mean I've always had an incredible helper. I haven't had one in particular, uh, but I've always had amazing hands. Uh, in the right time, um, you know the the age old story. Oh, you never know. You know, then your help is going to no, leave. And then, 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 then doesn't come back on Monday. Then Renna traumatized. <laughs> I've learned very quickly. Um, I've certainly experienced that, but I've also experienced that the constant in my daughter's life is me. Um, and, and, um, and people will come in and out of our lives, uh, but the core of the relationship 
is us. So that get things done emanates from, hey, Tika, listen, my baby, it's bath time. Bath time is like nine o'clock. On weekends, we will do it together. Uh, during the week, uh, Auntie Jay is going to do it. Auntie Jay, this is what the routine needs to be. And honestly, she is amazing. Um, and she's doing it, I think, from the position of having have been a single mom herself. So very often we keep an open relationship between um, or amongst our daughters. When she's at home, you know, we're able to communicate with her daughter. Like, so that takes away, like, like I can operate in that world, then efficiencies like love your, love your kitchen. I love my kitchen very fortunately. Outsource the rest. I think I, I think to this day, my neighborhood is amazing and it's made for how I want to live and for how uh, my daughter, I think, should live. We're surrounded by all the amenities that we need. Literally a walk away, the library, her crash, uh, the clinic. Um, it's not big and flashy, but it's most certainly what works for me. I threw away kind of the scale of what looks right. I needed to work with what I had. And it is amazing. It's it's a great pacifier. Pragmatically, um, how you budget. Uh, every mom will tell you it is your child first. Um, and I think you throw away the the comparison camera. Ooh, but she nails it in a dijuang for that mom. And then le hestalia hai e right. Bona get like a Um That had to go. Um, and, and I had to, I had to figure it out. I had to figure for at a pragmatic level, that's probably the most important thing that you can do. And, you know, when you're saying at the, at a pragmatic level, so there's, there's a part of you that, that very easily goes to that place that says, let's get things done. Let's be pragmatic. Right. Yeah. What are the things? And it's that... not my nature, by the way, I do need to say that I'm an, I'm actually quite an emotional and, and passionate person. So that's an acquired skill. It's mm. not, yeah, yeah. Mm. And and but but for you, do me when looking back now, four years later. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Girl, I'm so glad you said four years later, bro. You are pregnant for a long time. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> what what is the thing you wish somebody had just pulled you aside somewhere and and whispered into your ear at the at the get go that could have saved you a lot of trauma through the four years? Do you think when you look back today? Um, why, Mara? Why wasn't anybody like whispering in my ear? These um, things? Uh, a, a not very cute thing. Um, it's, it's okay. I mean, you've got to try, but like, if you don't breastfeed, no one is going to die. <laughs> let me tell you what the context is. <laughs> let me, let me tell you what the context is. Breast is best, right? So like super moms, like have amazing, like now... 
No, like I've successfully done. I've ticked all the natural boxes, right? It's already kind of like this amazing <laughs> medical feat. You know, for me, it's a medical feat. I'm petite. Um, I'm not supposed to be able to carry like as well as I did. I've had natural birth with hardly, well, well with sufficient levels of, of pain management. Ah, boy, I can't go this thing. And then I did an ACET. Another amazing friend of mine um, intervened right on time. Uh, were you the cabbage? Were you there, the cabbage girl? No, 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 no. I wasn't. I wasn't cabbaging. In fact, she she honestly came to whip me into shape and kind of keep me focused on on the journey. But it was a level of determination and conviction that she brought. Uh, uh, my childhood friend Dumisang, also like a super mom. Incidentally, these these two other friends are new moms at the same time. <laughs> Woo wee! <laughs> anyway, I remember she came and. She came to my rescue and like, you know, we were going to whip me into shape into this like super breastfeeding machine. And I had nothing to show, just uh, like it wasn't showing up. It was such for me a massive emotional failure um, that, uh, come on, man, come on. <laughs> and then, um, and then when it got like practical and I could get on with other things it, it, like I was able to get over it. Um, and there's many variables like that that'll send you into uh, postnatal depression. I was very, I was very vulnerable to it. I had a bout of it. Um, honestly, I know of enough women that have suffered from it and been ashamed of it. Um, and that's another thing just Please just pull the lady aside and say, listen, it's okay. chief, <laughs> this thing, if it happens, what we are going to do is support you through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing um, is um, each of us has a different uh, uh, narrative, a, a different way of coming into it. There isn't like one perfect uh, scenario. I look at the I'm sorry, I was going to say the bloody communication. Yeah, Lazo and Radio but, Girl, keep it real. <laughs> but I don't, I mean, I've worked very hard to get like the great brands and I probably will do more. In fact, I, I've started like a Kitty's Linen brand um, as a tribute to, to my daughter. Mm. To be honest, like, you don't have to blang it. <laughs> you don't have to blang it. <laughs> you have to love what you're doing. The little that you have, just just do the thing, man. Mm. Like, it's okay. So do, do you look in the mirror in the mornings and go, damn it, I'm good enough as a mom? No, I don't look in the mirror and say that at all. <laughs> no way. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I go to sleep at night. <laughs> And literally my final prayer before I go to sleep is, Lord, thank you for today. Please, please just keep me on this journey. Please just do it with me. Please, like, you know, and I also say, please use me, you know, because for me, honestly, I I recognize this as... um, as a very foundational 
relationship, but I'm a vessel pouring into another vessel. Um, yeah, so what I put into her, like, will show. And it's not always perfect, but hey, man, G.O.D., I trust the process. I trust <laughs> that process. I trust it. <laughs> and from having willed it for so long, because yeah. I think, you know, every time, every time I see you, yeah. I, I know, I'm just like, oh, it's the scale. <laughs> this moment has been the moment, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. is is it all those moments combined together? Well, sometimes it's it's a little teary moment, and then you're like, it's okay, but I love it. Do you all love day. it all oh. day, every day? All day, every day, like all day. Even when I want, like, um. Uh, Ooh, I was saying to uh, to another friend over the school holidays, uh, I I was starting a new job, um, and in that ten day window, uh, I think it was more than ten days. It, yeah, mm. well, whatever it was, um, they went to my mom's. So. I packed them into the car and they went to my mom's. The great thing about going to my mom's is everybody is the... is at home. My brother comes through, uh, my sister and the kids go through. There's a uh, granny there that is around. Often she goes to work, she comes back. So it's great for her. She like she's the boss of the house. Everybody, she's the boss of everybody. She is the boss of everybody. Um, and I thought, yep. Yeah. The way I'm going to work hard and play hard. <laughs> the first night. <laughs> the first night. I bed remember. at 8 o'clock. No, it wasn't even bed at 8 o'clock. I'm an insomniac, so I was up late. But I was sitting with the earphones on, listening to music with the earphones on, and like tiptoeing around an empty house <laughs> because I was used to it. Um and then by like, by day five, the novelty had worn off. And I remember calling my mom in the morning saying, mommy, I just want to speak with my baby, please. Just, and she's like, but your baby's here. You got to call us like three times a day. All that. Like, why are you whining? What's your problem? Yeah. What's your problem? And I was like, mm, I don't want the, I don't want the visa. I don't know what to do with myself. I don't want it. I don't want it. And and then the penny dropped that the benchmarks have changed for me. Ooh, I think that's the perfect place. That's yeah, the perfect it, place. It's completely, it's completely changed for me. So the lesson now is I don't, I don't want to be like apart for long stretches of time. I do want the reprieve. Don't get me wrong. I, but guys, come on. But the benchmarks have changed to me. That's amazing. <laughs> they have. That's a good way to, this is, this is exactly what Mother's Day is about. It's about like benchmarks changing and yeah. it's being okay. Yeah, yeah. Thank you Absolutely. for sharing. Thank you for Thank sharing you. your story. Thank you. Cliffcentral.com. Womantla on Cliffcentral.com. So the reason that you are the person that I invite. I don't know why my mic's not on. I can hear you though. Okay, no, I can yeah. hear it now. It's up. Great. So the reason you are my person that I go to person for motherhood is 
I've known you for a very, very long time, and I've been incredibly envious of the kind of mother that you are because you're the effortless mother as far as I'm concerned. So gorgeous, working girl, mother of three. So thank you for coming, my friend, and thank you for, for honoring my invitation. Since it's going to be Mother's Day, I'm having this conversation with the girls that, for me, are what I believe effortless mothers. And there are a couple of things, you know, it keeps, I keep thinking about it in my head because it's Mother's Day and because I see all the cute ads with all the amazing moms and because I, I think the, the thing that happens around this time is you're kind of taking stock. Am I, am I really, am I good at this? <laughs> am I getting breakfast in bed? <laughs> am I, I getting, so. am I getting a good gift? <laughs> you know, that's the kind of, and I, and the thing that, that has got me thinking and thinking and thinking is has becoming a mother and you watching yourself through the everyday madness and craziness and joy and tears of mothering changed your perspective about your mother? Oh, yes, it definitely has. Oh, wow. Um, I've definitely learned to love and appreciate my mother so much more. I've recognized um, all the things that I thought as a teenager were just like bad mom moments <laughs> as far as I was concerned um, to be character building stuff. Um, you know, the type of, of actions that you don't understand as a teenager, but as you become a mom and as you grow older, you realize that those, those instances really have helped to shape how you see life, where you are in life at the present moment, and definitely how you deal with the kids. So, um, for me, I, you know, I remember actually my daughter, my second daughter was one, and I phoned my mom to say, I'm so sorry, I was such a bad teenager. I just want you to forgive me because I just realized how much work you have to put in to be a mom, like to stay sane. And at the time, you only had a four year old and a one year old. Tell me about it. They weren't even teenagers yet. And she laughed. She laughed straight in my face and told me I should call back when they're teenagers and we can have this conversation again. And I was like, well, okay, clearly I was that type of teenager. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, speaking of that type of teenager and the relationship you had with your mother then, has the relationship you have with your mother changed? Like in leaps and bounds. It's two completely, um, two different sets of people. That you would be watching and observing right now From me and my mom as a teenager To me now as a mom Even before being a mom Do you think you're Because when you're a teenager You're moody and you're terrible mm. And you're, you're a little shit, right? <laughs> but, but when you're in your 20s um, And in your 30s mm. In your early 30s Before you have the kids you have okay. a kind of a different relationship. <laughs> yes, Listen, no? I, 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 I was one of those overeager. I think in everything I do, I'm like a little bit of an overeager individual. So I had my kids in my 20s. Um, my mom was a young mom. I liked that about her. I liked the fact that we got a chance to grow up with her. So I emulated that. Admittedly, she had one child, freaked out and waited another nine years before she had another one. And I had three in the space of two years apart. So in six years, I had three kids. <laughs> Um, and my life just became very different. So before I was a mom, 
um, probably, you know, even after you're a teenager, when you have a very strong parent, you want to um, kind of exert yourself and show your own space and who you are outside of your relationship with your with your parent figure. Um, so as a result, I found that even in my early 20s, I was still having a little bit of a, a rebellious stage. I mean, I, I, I was probably a bit of a nerdy teenager. I tried my best to listen to my mom a lot. And then when I got to like 19, I was like, yes, I'm free now to go crazy. Crazy. Adulting. And I'm a dad, yay. I can do it now. <laughs> so that was kind of me. Um, and um, I happened to meet the father of my kids quite young. And um, that relationship also really made a huge impact with how I got on with my mom. So I think also if you find a good partner, you'll find someone who always wants to see you and your personal relationships with the people that you really care about grow and they would nurture that and um, he really brought in a different perspective um, and I think for me it was like well she's my mom she needs to understand me which is a really selfish way you know it's it's a very childish you know uh, way of perceiving how a, a relationship should work um, and one of the key things he said to me was that she was like this before you were born so she's not changing but how you perceive her and how you perceive um, you know your conversations with her and your interaction with her that can change and that's up to you um, and parents want love, you know, and, and they just want to know that you see them and you see what they do. Um, so I started that journey um, based on, you know, the type of relationship that I was in. And he, I keep telling him till today, uh, however many years later, that for me, that was a, a really an amazing thing that he did for me and my mom and how we related to each other. So I definitely found that I started letting my guard down more. Um, within the last five years, it's grown some more, you know, as I went into my 30s. You really realize how much support you have in your mom and that um, this is a person who never want to see you um, hurt or suffer. Uh, and some of the decisions, though, maybe uh, are not decisions you would have taken and thought of yourself. Um, are really there just about uplifting you and seeing you um, do better. So definitely, I think from my 20s to my 30s, it's really changed quite significantly to the point now where I actually can't do anything without her. You know, she, the support she gives me is is is, is absolutely insane. And I don't know what I would do. I, my, my new mantra is that I'm, I'm a spoiled brat, not a financial spoiled brat, but from a support structure and love and just people who are there, you know, like they, they're my mascots, they're my support structure. Um, you know, I think we've touched on it before. Also critic when the time is needed, someone who's really going to give you a nice kick up the backside. And, and the kick up the backside, you know, happens in a lot of conversations. And when we, we talk to our moms, when we, um, fight with our moms. And similarly, when we talk to our kids and fight with our kids. So I'm interested to know how, the conversations with your mother um, have changed over the years. And what, what is the most valuable part of, of the conversations you have with your mom now that you are a mom? Wow. Um, the, I mean, our conversations have changed a lot. As I mentioned, it would be as if you're observing two different people. Um, we're friends. She's actually my best friend. Uh, in terms of most of what I do, I think I've been a hermit for the last few years while I've, you know, started my own business and she's really been my go-to person. Um, a friend, um, mothering advice, you know, parenting advice when I, I feel that there's a need for it. Um, I, you know, when you feel there's a need for it or when she gives it to you? Well, both. <laughs> 
both. Uh, uh, it's unsolicited most times. <laughs> but hugely appreciated. Yes. Yeah, generally, you know, listen, there are times I need to put down the phone and uh, gather myself and, and realize and remember that I'm an adult and I'm no longer a child. Um, and that the conversation that we're having is probably a character building one and not one that's meant to, um, pull me apart and, uh, and, and belittle me. So, you, you know, cause those emotions do come. You have to just kind of take a step back and realize, okay, whoa, oh, I think I'm being a little emotional about how I'm perceiving this information. Maybe I should just digest it a little bit. Um, and there's many times I call back when I've digested Calm and down. calmed down. Uh, she says she can hear me flay my nostrils through the phone, which I'm not quite sure how, but in any case, you know, <laughs> um, you, you do, you, you sometimes have to take a little bit of a step back. There's so many different pressures, um, that we, we have. And I think also the faces that we put out to society and even the faces you show your kids, because with your children, you have to, you know, you have to be strong. You have to be there for them. And with your mom, you really, I think probably, you know, the one place you can go and be a kid. Like I, you know, I still climb into bed next to her. I, I still call my mom, mommy in front of people. I am not scared. I will answer the phone and say, hi, mommy. Um, and you know, it's just the, the little things that I do to show her how much I appreciate her presence. And you know, the older we get, um, we don't have them for as much as, as we, as you know, as we'd like. So it's about just milking every opportunity I can to get the pearls of wisdom and the guidance while I have her. And she's also a very young mom. So we do fun stuff together. So when you put that aside, when you mm. put aside that, oh, we had such a crap relationship when I was younger. Oh, I wasn't listening. Oh, I wasn't grown up enough. I was a spoiled brat. Now, with the experience that you have, because three kids is quite a, a pressure. You know, it's it's a, it takes a formidable woman, <laughs> which is why you're here. It's my womanza moment. Is <laughs> <It's> this girl? <laughs> I remember the conversation that that we had, and I don't know if you remember this conversation that we had when when you're expecting Noah, your youngest. Yeah. With me saying to you, Mara, girl. You're putting us to shame here. <laughs> I was still, at that time, I was still drowning in the self-pity of having just had one. <laughs> right. And now it's like, wow, there's three. And, but when you look back and knowing what you know, what are the things that you wish somebody had pulled you aside? Not necessarily your mom, but hopefully maybe your mom, because she traveled the journey. Um, pulled you aside and whispered in your ear to say, hey, hela, mwanyana, you know, going into this motherhood yeah. life. Um, I think for me, probably the biggest one that stands out is that um, it's okay to sometimes feel like you're not in control. Um, you know, we, 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 we see movies and all sorts of things and, and people make motherhood seem like a, a completely easy, natural thing that happens for women and, and that we bask in all this glory and we're continuously happy. No. Gosh, I hate that. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's perfectly okay to feel like I have no idea what I'm doing sometimes because we probably don't. Um, the next is that. Don't forget to love yourself, you know, um, with all these kids and all these added responsibilities to make time for you and the things that make you happy. You know, you have to find a way to replenish yourself because when you're a mom, especially with young children, there's a lot that you give um, and it can be draining. You can find yourself even resenting your family because it is a mammoth <laughs> task. Oh, yeah. No, I'm going to tell Hating the truth. The kids. <laughs> that's, it's, that's right. We're keeping it real. Yeah. No, you know, um, so yeah, make time for yourself. 
you're not going to know everything all the time. Um, and take support. When you get offered support, you're not weak by taking support. There, there is no weakness in saying, I need help. Which is the thing us girls do. I think it's one of the things that even as I was chatting with Dumi, um, and even as I go through it in my own head, I think the, this, this girl that we've been brought up to be, this woman that we are in our generation is a lot of, has a lot of the power one stilettos is who I am. You know, I can do it all. I can have it all. I can all by myself, damn it. <laughs> I'm making it happen <laughs> for me. <laughs> and, every, you know, we, we have this go-getter and we're ambitious and we're, yeah. we're making it happen. And with all the opportunities that we have had, especially in our careers and in our schooling, we kind of also just looked at mothering, at least I did, as a thing that's like, I got this, man. Oh, no, this is if easy. If I can do all the other stuff, this one, <laughs> then I show its flames. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I have a new little mantra that I say when anybody asks me. So I, I run my own business and I work and I consult and I do so many different things. And I, I always say that when I leave like the work bit behind, I'm actually going to do my real job because my real job is to, to be a mom. I'm raising three souls for the rest of the world to engage with and interact with. And that's really my legacy. You know, I'm, I, you know, I can do so much in terms of my working career and everything else, but these three people are going to be the legacy that I leave behind. Um, and as a result, being conscious of the fact that I'm raising them for the world and not just for myself has probably taken, you know, more center stage for me over the last couple of years because that's it. You know, so I say, no, I'm going to do my real job which is being a mom to three beautiful people. And, um, and I'm going to make sure that I do the best that I can in that particular role, because I know that one has a, a far, you know, it's had a lifetime reaching consequence in terms of how I do it. Um, and just by, by being present, I'm going to make a big difference. So, Yes, our perception is that we can do everything and you can't. I think like I'm going to... Nor should you want to. Yeah, you can't. You can't. No, we want to. We do want to, but we can't. And um, I think when you, when, you, when you accept that realization and then you start to take the support that you are given, your world becomes a completely different space. That, and, and the anxiety gets, you know, um, it gets taken away. The stress gets taken away. Um, the things that make you feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm drowning. I just can't. All of a sudden, it becomes a lot easier. So, you know, to, to, to take support, like, is actually definitely far more show of strength. Um, to be able to ask somebody for help and say, today, I need some quiet time. Mommy, can you take your grandkids for, you know, a day so that I can just go and sit on the couch and watch some TV? Because if you don't, something's going to happen. Because you're also not even <laughs> turning it up. You're not even turning it up. <laughs> Patty sucks that you like have the day off and then yeah. you don't go and turn it up. Well, just you know, like we, we try to find, you know, a little bit of a balance and, and, and do some <laughs> stuff in between. No, I, 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 I like to have an active social life. I think I spent a lot of years just kind of sitting at home and thinking that when my kids were gone, just sitting at home is good enough. But you also, you do, you need to engage with your friends. You need to do the things that you like to do and that you enjoy to do. Um, I, um, and if you like me, I strategize. I've gotten my kids to like the things that I like to do. So we 
find ways of interacting with each other in spaces that I also enjoy. Um, and that makes it a lot better for us because then as a family, you know, I, if we want to go and go to a market, we do that together and, and we engage together and, and that's quite different. So I, I've tried to bring a lot of that around where it's not just kids activities that isolate me and my interests, but that we can have joint interest as well. Um, and that I find, you know, it's, 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 it's helping because then I feel like, okay, I'm getting a little bit of me. <laughs> I'm getting something back. This is great. <laughs> has being a mother made you a better daughter? Yes. Like unequivocally, yes. I um I think I'm also realizing, you know, I mentioned it earlier, I'm saying it again, just to love my parent, you know, just to actually show her love. To um I'm bad at picking up the phone, but to remember to pick up the phone and phone and just ask how she's doing. Um, the same way that when I come home and I've had a really rough day, sometimes all I want is love from my children is, is about actually, you know, putting it back there. I've also, um, you know, there's certain things about myself that I've realized, hmm, maybe I'm not so great at, you know, like again, perception is woman love to decorate and have, you know, interior. I'm not that girl. I, you know, though you are the, I'm baking bread kind uh, of girl. Well, cause I love food. So like I will bake, I'll bake bread from scratch, you know, and I'll make gnocchi from scratch. And my mom will be like, what are you doing? You've been in the kitchen for hours. And, and for me, it's all therapeutic and it's wonderful. But ask me to go buy um, accessories for my house. And I'm like a bull in a china shop. Where to go? What to do? What am I looking for? Like, do I have a sense of style? Um, so I've handed that over to my mom who loves it. And, and, you know, so there's certain things that I'm also learning to say, okay, fine. So this is what, this is what, you know, kind of gets you going. Um, and these are the places you've got strengths, um, strengths that I don't. And, um, and I'm just, I'm, I'm maximizing on that. So, yeah, my mom does my interior decorating. <laughs> so, if you come to my house, whatever you see, that's all mom. And, um, and, and she's also my fashion consultant because she buys me clothes too. Um, you know, so there's a lot that I've learned to kind of relinquish um, and to realize that I actually don't have to do it. Like I don't for now, you know. Lord, please keep her for as long as you can. So I can, I can continue to say that for the next couple of years. But, um, there's definitely things I've learned to relinquish. And that's part of being a better daughter, understanding the things that also make the other person feel loved, feel appreciated, uh, and actually just giving um, them the opportunity and yourself the opportunity to express that and, and, and uh, let them get involved in the way that they like. So. Definitely a better daughter, definitely. <laughs> I think that's a great place to <laughs> Mali, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that perspective. You know, the thing that I that I hope we can get across and, and why you're the con- person I'm having the conversation and why Dumi is the person I'm having the conversation with and why this conversation was so important for me is because I think becoming a mother, like your life mm. becomes so involved about these people and this thing and you're still this whole other being and you're still someone's gorgeous daughter you know and i think that we we kind of forget that most of the time except this time of the year and i really just sharing that (laughs) for me is is fantastic and i think thank you very much no it's an absolute pleasure for me i'm gonna share something with you quickly before i go um when i was a teenager i had a conversation with my mom rather my mom had a conversation with me and she said you know i know you go to schools where um these kids have stay-at-home moms and they can be there for their kids in ways that i can't be there for you the one thing i want you to know is that i love you very much and as much as I love you with all my heart, you're part of my life, but I can't make my life revolve around you because one day you're going to grow up and you're going to have kids and you're going to have your own path. And I need to be able to continue with my life when that time 
came. Uh, as a teenager, I remember thinking that was probably one of the most selfish you know, conversations we'd ever had. As a parent, I've realized how important it is that there is that separation between, you know, who you are as, as an individual and, you know, where you are as, as a parent, because you do need that as well. So that's one of a huge lesson that I take out. And I've, I'm, I'm starting to have those conversations with my kids as well to say, I love you. But, but it's it not about you. Can't all be about you. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Drop the mic. Cliffcentral.com.